0: So I started planning this podcast out last October, so new gear, new intro. A lot of people with disabilities don't like to be looked at as inspirational just for living their lives. My name is Nate, and that's why this podcast is called We're the Inspiration. On this show, people with disabilities get to tell their own stories, but with me, a wheelchair user as host, they also get to control how they're told and not typically in a way that's designed to inspire others. They're just real and hopefully entertaining. With that in mind, I have with me this week the person that was on my first two shows, Greg Pote. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, Nate. How you doing? How are you? Can't complain. Well, to keep busy. As we
0: were saying before we started recording, you can complain, but who really no, cares? We're not really here for that. So, first of all, this is going to be the first show in October. So, it's Spina Bifida Awareness Month. And each show I do in October is going to reflect that, but we'll get to that later. First thing I wanted to do, and I've wanted to have you back on the show for a while, because the last two shows we did together, which were also back-to-back, I can't remember which was first and, and which came after, but one was euphemisms that people use for disabled people. And the other was things not to say to people in wheelchairs. I got some overwhelmingly consistent feedback on those two shows where people said, why don't you tell us what to call you? Or why don't you tell us what to say to you? And as we've discussed before, I have to say that those people that want us to do things like that are missing the point i'd agree here's the thing the people that wished we would have done that in the opposite way that we did in other words tell them what to call us or tell them what to say to us think about a really tall person like seven foot nba kind of tall okay okay I think most people would have the good sense not to say something to them like, Hey, Beanpole, how's the weather up there? (laughs) Most people wouldn't say that, but there are some that do, right?
1: Oh, yeah. There's always a few.
0: So it stands to reason that you shouldn't be told not to say that. But if you don't say that, it just means you're treating them like a person. And we constantly get condescended to for something that really isn't even our fault that some of us are in a wheelchair or some of us do walk, but we, you know, walk with a limp or whatever, or or need to use crutches or need to use crutches or have any number of other physical disabilities. And, People don't know what to say to us. And that's fine to a point, but the whole idea behind doing the the two shows that we did was to try to demonstrate the fact that it seems like people say those things to us to make themselves feel more comfortable. It's not for us. Yeah, it's their way of feeling more comfortable
1: around us.
0: It's their way of, in their minds, coping with something new.
1: And I feel a lot of people either go to the joking side of things, which is how I think a lot of people may construe a lot of what people say to us. And, you know, I I guess I would much rather them be joking than be serious with some of the things they say. But there is also the correct way of talking to us because we are just like everyone else. We're human beings.
0: Here's the other thing though. And this is the real reason why we didn't go the way that some people thought we should with those shows. I believe that there is a stronger consensus among the disabled community about the euphemisms and the things that are said to us that we do not like than things of that nature that are okay to say to us this was true long before we were living in the world we're living in now with cancel culture and all that stuff but i think even as demonstrated by this show everybody in the disabled community has that one word or phrase that they absolutely despise. And it's different for everybody. Right. That's why I can't tell you what to call me or what to say to me. What's okay to say to me might not be okay to say to somebody else. There are some people also, and even within the community, that really get hung up on semantics as far as... Not including phrases that would even insinuate that we use our legs and feet. It's been demonstrated a few times on this show. Yeah. But this is the reason I'm not really hung up on semantics. No matter what you say to somebody, even if they're okay with it, the next person is not going to be.
1: Right. I mean, everyone is different just you know the way they look is different you know the way they prefer to be talked to is going to be different
0: and instead of it falling on us to decide what we should be called or what should be said to us it should be just like anybody else i don't think anybody means to offend other people about anything generally speaking i mean Everybody has their moments, but I don't think any of the people that requested for me to tell them what tell them what to say or or, right. or what to call us. I don't think anybody would worry about that if we weren't in wheelchairs.
1: I can't think of any time I've ever gone up to someone not in a wheelchair and try to figure out what to call them. You know?
0: That's why I go to the Example of the really tall person. That was the only parallel that I could really think of.
1: Yeah, the really tall person or the really, really short person.
0: Right. We're closer to really short, so it's not like we'd say, how's the weather down there, you know?
1: I mean, in our wheelchairs, we we can be taller than some people. Even if physically we're not taller, you know. Being in a wheelchair, depending on the height of the wheelchair, you could be. Getting tired already? (laughs) We just started. (laughs) I don't do caffeine anymore. Oh. Yeah, so. How do you survive?
0: I don't know. Caffeine makes me have to go to the bathroom every five minutes.
1: Yeah. I can understand that. I've been there. I think my body's just kind of used to drinking caffeine. Yeah, you're the one with kidney issues and you still drink caffeine. I can't go without at least one cup of coffee a day. I don't do coffee. I literally can't go without at least one cup.
0: Yeah, you're the sucker paying for Starbucks and being called inspiration. How'd you know? Because that's a throwback to the first episode. Go listen to it.
1: Right. (laughs) Hey, it was a year ago. Okay, I can't even be expected to remember that far back.
0: You know what's funny is I actually listened to the first episode very recently.
1: Did you? Honestly, I can't stand it. As good as we thought that was at the time, it really was not very good. No. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I can't stand the sound of my voice anyway. But yeah, that episode just... (laughs) It was so clunky. I think what some people like is the fact that it's not professional it's more realistic
0: well i mean it's somewhat professional but
1: right but i'm saying like it's not like super edited and like recorded at different times you know so you can mesh it up better no there's no sound rooms or anything no i have gotten better at editing too though yeah oh yeah no you definitely have yeah just like anything it's just gonna take you know practice getting used to yeah well, of course, now we're getting way off topic like we always do.
0: Podcasting is a very crowded space. And yeah. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but everybody that wants a podcast these days can have one.
1: Right. Yeah, with all the different platforms out there.
0: Easy to host. And that really hurts the people that actually know what they're doing
1: yeah because the more podcasts out there the less likely certain ones are going to get listened to yeah and i'm realizing you know how many are in the
0: disabled space this is something else we talked about discussing on the show and i'm just going to get into it there are more disabled related podcasts than i thought but it's interesting to me that mine seems to be the only one going away from talking about disabled people being inspirations. Right. I think there are a fair number that go the other way of
1: talking about how much of an inspiration we all are
0: talking about how inspirational people with disabilities are. I wanted to go against that. But a lot of people wanted to go toward it. And You know, in a way, that's pretty smart, because any mainstream attention that people with disabilities get usually have
1: something to do with that. Even the Paralympics. Yeah. You know, it's all they ever really kind of talk about is the inspiration of the athletes that are there. Stan did the Paralympic
0: episode with me, the recap. Right. And he's the perfect person to do it. He's oh so he, he lives sports. for watching sports. Yeah. And and literally we were sitting not in the same room or anything, we were in different houses, but we were texting back and forth, like, are you watching this game? I said, Yeah. And by the end of that game, we were like, Why don't we do a recap of the Paralympics together? And that's what we did. He's one of the biggest sports fans I know, and he, oh yeah. I knew he was gonna watch as much as he could of the Paralympics.
1: It still wasn't enough.
0: It definitely wasn't enough. And I feel like we were misled as far as how much how coverage much there where? actually was and, and really for how channels. much we would have easy access to.
1: Yeah. But they made it sound like
0: it was going to be on the main channel. For like over a thousand hours. Right. Of course, it couldn't have been on the same channel for, you know, 1,200 hours or whatever, because 1,200 hours is like... 50 days.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but still, I mean, we were under the assumption that it was going to be on NBC. But what Stan told me
0: when I brought up just covering the Paralympics in some way was to pay attention to how they're being covered and see how much inspiration talk there actually was. Yeah. And it's not that I heard a lot of overt talk about it, but it's more in how they told the stories of the athletes. That's obviously the way that they were going.
1: Oh yeah. You know, and especially, you know, if, if any of the athletes were like adopted from another country or something, you know, they, they always go into, had this person not been adopted they're you know, they wouldn't have had the opportunities and,
0: I have nothing against this person. I don't know her. But, you know, they did that Toyota commercial with Jessica Long. Okay, yeah. And what you just described was that commercial. Yeah, I remember that commercial. I don't even know if they used her real mom. But they sort of went through a summation of the adoption process. They showed Jessica Long like sort of in the foreground swimming in the pool while the commercial was going on it was a toyota commercial but there were somehow no cars in it
1: and really had nothing to do with toyota it was no. basically toyota trying to show that they care that they support these athletes but, but... yeah i wish i had watched more of the paralympics to be honest i watched some of the basketball some of the swimming
0: first few days i watched a lot as much as i could on the two channels that i had that featured it. And then I realized, well, one of these channels is only airing repeats. So why do I really keep watching as much as I can?
1: I do feel the announcers for the wheelchair basketball did a better job of not trying to over talk about one person. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. They focused on Sergio. Sergio. Steve Serio. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Serio, you know, but I mean, again, he's the captain. Of course they're going to focus on him. Yeah. But, you know, they talked about Trayvon. They talked about... Those are the only two
0: names I remember, and I know that we knew Trayvon personally at one point.
1: Yeah. He didn't really shoot at all in the Germany one that we almost lost. Yeah. The first game. I don't know what was going on with their shooting. But the whole team just wasn't taking good shots. For whatever reason, they weren't even trying to get in the key. No. They were all trying to get... You know, the outside shot. That's the first thing
0: I noticed. Like, don't keep trying for three-pointers if, you... if you're
1: if you not going to e- hit them. Exactly. And that's where they were getting killed was Germany was making the threes, but they were also able to get in the key. Yep. And it wasn't until the very end where they finally actually showed up and started playing like a team. You're right. It literally came down to the last couple seconds. Just what they won by, what, three? I think. Three, five, something like I don't know. I want to say it was three. They were losing the entire time.
0: What are your thoughts on the gold medal game being played a week
1: after the Paralympics were over? You know, I didn't even think about it, to be honest. I didn't watch it or anything.
0: I missed it when they first played it, so I watched it on NBC, where they replayed it. They should have played it on NBC like maybe the next day because it was in Japan. Yeah. And, you know, nobody was going to watch it that night necessarily. No. But
1: It would have been like 2 in the morning. Right. At least for us.
0: Yeah. A week later, like... Yeah. Everybody that cared already knew
1: what happened. Why bother at that point? Yeah. Because, again, you could look at it online, you know, and read article after article about it. Yeah. Did you watch any of the rugby? I did. They had their moments. They they had some good moments and they had some really bad moments.
0: You know, rugby looks like a lot of fun. Until, oh, I would on, love. Until somebody gets a really bad crash.
1: Yeah. Even that looks fun to me. Only problem is, again, you know me. I'd end up getting seriously hurt.
0: <laughs> You'd literally get your brains bashed in yeah i i would You'd be I would the have, one would, to like fall forward and hit your head on somebody else's chair
1: yep yeah the one person that would end up in an ambulance yeah but i'd have fun doing it. unfortunately my body can't handle that anymore
0: yeah i mean i've played some basketball pretty recently it, it was just me shooting around by myself and yeah I don't really even bother dribbling the ball at that point. I just shoot. Right. Yeah. I, I
1: mean, I can't even do that.
0: Yeah. But I wanted to talk about spina bifida. Like I said, October is spina bifida awareness month. We both have it. So with the understanding that it's spina bifida awareness month, everybody that's on in October, I'm going to ask them the same thing. What would you have people be aware of about spina bifida?
1: That's a good question. I know. Because there's so many different things that Here's the thing.
0: There's not a lot unless you get really clinical, which I don't want to do. Well then
1: it all would depend on how clinical you're trying to get, you know.
0: The only way to really differentiate spina bifida from any other disability is to really get clinical. And on this podcast, I've
1: gone out of my way usually not to to do that. not make it, yeah. So, I mean, not getting too clinical, I would have to just say, you know, talking about all the allergies. You know, especially the latex allergy. And along with the latex allergy, at least for some, not me, but some foods that people are allergic to because of the latex allergy. Apparently, there's some foods out there that are... There's something in them that it somehow is connected to a latex allergy. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. I've been told bananas. I don't have an issue. Um, I eat those. Avocado. avocado, which recently I've discovered I do have a small allergy to, though I didn't always.
0: I don't really eat avocados, so I, I couldn't really I, I tell used you.
1: To, Yeah, I I mean, I don't just eat it like, you know, cut it up and eat it. Yeah. But, you know, like in sushi or guacamole, Mm -hmm. I still occasionally eat it in sushi. And in in small quantities, I'm I'm fine. But I can't eat guacamole anymore. Why is that? My mouth gets so itchy. It feels like I ate poison ivy. Minus the like the swelling up and everything. Oh, I've gotten swelled up before. Just one time
0: from a food allergy. I've been lucky with food allergies. Did I tell you about the food allergy? You probably did. Cashews.
1: Yeah. Years I ago remember. my mother and
0: I were at the airport and I got a bunch of dried fruit while we were waiting for the flight and she got a bunch of cashews. I don't really like cashews anyway, but Oh, I love cashews. Do you? I like different types of nuts, but cashews have never been my thing. But I just take a small handful of her cashews, and she takes whatever dried fruit from me. Yeah. After I eat the cashews, I start to realize I'm itching a lot. My throat's starting to close up. Yep. And I still haven't gotten on a plane yet. We're at the airport. We're going to my cousin's wedding. Oh, boy. I guess one of the flight attendants realized what happened to me, and she gave me Benadryl. And it knocked me out for the rest of the flight. I was fine afterwards when I woke up. That's good. Yeah.
1: I mean, at least you didn't miss your flight because of that. No.
0: I don't remember the experience getting on the flight, whether that was bad or not. But there was that. And then (laughs) did I tell you my close brush with a latex allergy story? No. So I was in the hospital. And because of spina bifida, they were supposed to put me in a latex-free environment. This was back when I had super long hair. Okay. And I had, I don't know, whatever surgery I was supposed to have. Because I had a lot back then. I wake up and I realize what they had done was they put an actual rubber band in my hair.
1: Oh.
0: In, a, in what was supposed to be a latex-free environment.
1: Oh, jeez. Yeah. I didn't realize you were that sensitive to latex. I'm
0: not. Nothing happened. But it was oh. supposed to be a latex-free environment. Just,
1: just the fact that, yeah. I guess maybe they just didn't think about rubber bands being latex. Yeah. Even though they're called rubber bands, but, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I might have a slight allergy to it. When I was coaching the team, I had these uh medicine balls that were clearly made of rubber. Mm-hmm. Like they smelled like rubber. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And they didn't give me a severe reaction, but I could feel myself itching as I used right.
1: them. This actually might be a good topic. I'm talking about latex allergies. Wheelchair wheels. <laughs> You know exactly where I'm going with this.
0: If if your wheels are really made of rubber, then as soon as you touch them, theoretically, if you have a latex allergy, you're screwed.
1: Yeah. My forearms would break out all the time because of them. My hands won, oddly enough, but... I can't believe I've never thought of that.
0: Yeah? The more I think about that, the more it bothers me. Cause right, especially for the people like me that have solid inserts in their wheels, so it's like, it's solid rubber, right? Yeah. If anybody knows anything different, just leave a comment.
1: Yeah, please <laughs> do. I'm curious about that. Yeah, I'm gonna actually probably Google it tonight and see what I can find. That's a good idea. Because I know my brother talked about the fact that what well, your tires are made of rubber so many people that are in wheelchairs are allergic to rubber or latex if they really are made of rubber that's kind
0: of playing with fire or forcing people to play with fire yeah i mean you can't push a wheelchair without touching the tire unless you have like full finger gloves on which most people wouldn't do
1: but even that like you said it can affect your arms my medical story, though, was, you know, I don't remember this because I was literally a baby. If I could remember that, that'd be pretty impressive. If, <laughs> if you I'm could remember mom... that, you could write a
0: book. You'd have a movie, right? You'd have but your my mom... own podcast instead of being on mine all the time.
1: Yeah, but my mom told me. <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it happened after that too, like in other hospital states but. You know now you find less and less you know latex in hospitals but back then you know they were it was everywhere yeah and i was in the hospital for quite a while and it got to the point where my allergy got so bad that i was allergic to the band-aids they put on me oof you know i'm not normally allergic to band-aids i can wear band-aids and have no problem at all right But I guess when you're wearing Band-Aids all the time for, you know, a month, you become more sensitive.
0: I mean, imagine cutting yourself. You have to go to a Band-Aid and it's made of latex that you're allergic to. And, you know, it might not ever get any better, if not worse.
1: Right. Luckily, now they have other options out there. Right. You know, but mistakes can be made. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's what I like about some of the hospitals that I use. They're 100% latex-free. The whole hospital? Because, yeah. Wow. Because they're finding that nurses that have to wear gloves all day have developed latex allergies.
0: I have heard about that.
1: You know, so they've gone full silicone. Yeah, like Johns Hopkins University mm-hmm. Hospital. Full, as far as I'm aware, full latex-free. And if I remember correctly, Yale, Yale University Hospital is also
0: Talking about allergies would not have been my first thought when it comes to spina bifida, but I'm sure everybody has their own story about it. Thanks to Greg once again for being on the show this week, and thank everybody for listening. Remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, join our Discord server, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Links will be in the description. And until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.